Um, so I just want to say before, before I begin, before we begin, um, I want to acknowledge that, um, I think it's already been said, but some of you, for some of you, Mother's Day is not awesome, and it may actually be a day that you dread, um, whether it be because you've lost a mother, or you've lost a child, or maybe you've lost a sibling or, or something, or maybe you've never had children and you've desperately wanted children, or maybe you don't want children and this is the day everybody asks you why you don't have children. Who knows? I don't know what the reason is, but I just want to acknowledge that sometimes it can be crappy. But, so today, in, on Mother's Day, what we're going to be talking about, I want you to know that if you are a guy or if you are a person who is in that hurting time, or a person who's not a parent, you do not get out of, je- get out of jail free card today because all of us have influence over children, not just mothers. And I, my prayer today is that you realize that you have just as much influence as the mothers who have given birth, okay? So I'm having a Q&A, a little Q&A time today with three very special ladies. So my first guest today on the Cara de Chant TV show is Pastor Megan Boyle. I'm holding up the applause sign in case you didn't know what that motion was. Yes, yes. So, Pastor Megan, in case you didn't know, she is our children's pastor here at Journey Church, but she is also our uh, missions pastor and our outreach pastor. And why I've asked Megan to be part of this panel is because Megan does not have any biological children, but Megan has crazy amounts of influence, yes, because she's a children's pastor, but she has crazy amounts of influence because God has called her to be, and she has said yes. And I want you to see that you can be the same. So I wish you could see, if you're online, you get to see this wonderful picture. The rest of you have to turn around. Ken told me I wasn't allowed to do this, but I'm telling you anyway. Look, that is a picture. That is a picture of Kate and Pastor Megan from 2000, I think, 12. We went on vacation to North Carolina, and Megan came with us, and she has had such influence on my children. She's spoken things into their lives that I can't or they won't listen to me. So my second guest is Lauren Pippen. Applause. Applause. This is Pastor Aaron's hot wife, Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren has her master's degree in social work, you guys. This, I know, la-di-da. So if you have, if you have, like, like, questions, mental health and stuff like that, do not come to me. Go to Lauren. She's your girl. Lauren is the mother of Cohen, who is 10, Livia, who is 7, Mariah is 5, and JJ just turned 2. Four babies. She is in the trenches, you guys. Those of you who have had babies, you know, trenches. Mm -hmm. And my last lovely guest is my mother-in-law, Deb DeChant. Applause, applause. Yay! Oh, look at, she brought up tissues. We learned after the first service, tissues, we must have them. 
Deb is, like I said, she is my mother-in-law. She's Pastor Ken's mom. Um, De yeah, uh-oh. Deb has, let's see, Conra, I think is 47, is her oldest, and her youngest is Marcy, who is 32. She has four kids. So ranging from 47 to 32, you have 10 grandbabies and two great-grandbabies. I know, right? And next year you will have been married 50 years. Right? Okay. And last but not least, it's myself. My name is Carrie DeChant. I have three children. I almost said four. Because <laughs> they both have four kids. <laughs> no, I do have a dog and a cat. Um, my kids are Kyle is 16. Kate is 14, and Kara just turned 12. So if you can see the variety here, so I have a non-biological mother, who though they, I, think, I think she is a mother of my children, and then we have a mother who has young babies, who's in the trenches, myself, who I have teenagers who are going to go to college in two years, and then we have a mother of adults. So we have a variety, okay? So, let us begin. <laughs> All right, here we go. We need, we need like sound, we need music. Okay, so first question is going to be, um, what, what is a scripture that you have clung to, um, whether it be in your walk with Christ or your walk as a mom or whatever? What is the one, and go. <laughs> I will start. Um, so one verse that I've clung to is Psalm 55, 22. It says, give all your cares to the Lord, and he will care for you. Another version says, cast all your cares. burdens on him. Um, it just reminds me a lot of a song that I, my parents sang to me as a child, but now I find myself singing it to myself, but also singing it to my kids when things feel out of control, which is often, <laughs> and I just don't have the answer to things for my kids, and I can't fix them, and you know, I want to fix the hurt, or the frustration, or the confusion, um, it's a song, cast all your cares um, upon him, um, lay all your burdens down at his feet, and anytime I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you, Yes. Um, and so we sing that song a lot, and as a kid, I thought it was a cute song, based on this verse. Um, but now it's become quite an anthem <laughs> yeah. in parenting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Deb? Um, mine is Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, and this is the DEB version because I'm adding a few words. Her name's Deb. <laughs> Get it? The DEB version? I'm helping you. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. That's myself, my spouse, my boss, who the president is, what the doctor has said, who rely on human strength and thereby turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert. Think tumbleweed with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, 
and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Man, that is good. Write that one down. <laughs> Megan? Yes, my turn. <laughs> Sorry. I just got a text that online church needs to hear her differently. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> so, my, uh, my verse is, this is my command in one translation, or the translation that I learned it in, um, is, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, which is Joshua 1.9. Um, there was a point in time when I was in college, and I so clearly remember um, that the Holy Spirit really challenged me to um, say yes to whatever it is that he would put in front of me. And so that verse has been very much a verse that has uh, carried me through a lot of different things um, as far as places that I've gone, churches that I've worked at, places that I've moved to, um, and you know, the funny part also about that kind of is I never, I always said I would never live in Ohio. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's just one of those ironic things that, that continues to happen where God calls you to do things. And really the, the core of it is that the challenge has always been, will you say yes to whatever it is I put in front of you? And so for me, that verse has been, okay, I'm saying yes, but I am afraid. I'm maybe a little discouraged and I don't really know what's in front of me, but it's that confident assurance that he is with me wherever I go, and regardless of what I do, as long as he has said to do it and I say yes to it, then I can walk in that as well. Yeah. Mine is Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It usually doesn't come out of my mouth like that. Usually it comes out, Ken can attest to this, love, joy, peace, patience, self-control. Like, I, this, is, this is my mantra. It's like over and over, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, good faith, just self-control. But a few years ago, God shifted my perspective in this because the beginning of it really hit home. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's not the fruit of Carrie, and it's not the fruit of Lauren or Deb. And so that has been in those moments of parenting where I, I, I the, the, the fruit that I'm producing is disgusting. It's got maggots. <laughs> but, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and that has changed my perspective of Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to come and overtake my heart and my mind and my words. And so that's, that's been my... <laughs> so, okay, so Deb, what is some advice that you would give Lauren, but or me as, because we're in different, you're in a, you've been here and you've been here. So what, what, what is some advice that you would give us? First of all, this is preaching to the choir, but um, <laughs> relax, <laughs> enjoy the ride, 
Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, and I don't know what the numbers are, says, be joyful always, <laughs> pray continually, <laughs> for this is God's will for you. And that goes back to the scripture I just read, too. If you're joyful, if you're not uptight all the time, I, feel, I was uptight all the time. And Ken can tell you I was a screamer, too. I, I was, I was. But kids, the kids will look to you better if you're joyful. You you're the thermostat that sets the tone wow. of the house. If you're being joyful, they'll be joyful. If you're uptight, they'll be uptight. And they'll be uptight with each other. And I'm looking back and realizing that I should have been like this. I wasn't. Wow. She is preaching to the choir because every one of us, right, we set the, the tone in, a, in, in the way that we carry ourselves. So maybe you're in the place and you're not a mom or you work with people or something. You set the tone there. Just, and it goes back to even what Carrie was saying about the fruit of the Spirit. Like, if you're carrying the fruit of the Spirit into your environments and being joyful and praying continuously, things are going to be different about the way that people interact with you. It's not just as a mom, um, which that's super important, but as a dad, as a grandparent, yes. as a person of influence in yes. any sphere that you're in as well. Megan, what, how, how have you seen God use you and in influence um, maybe specifically children, but others, and outside of your pastor role? Because I don't want them to be like, oh, yeah, she's got influence because she's a children's pastor. No, I, I want you to know that she has influence outside of that. So how have you seen God use you, even though you're not a mom? So it goes back again to what I was saying, you know, where it says say yes to whatever it is that, that God puts in front of you. And so when you say yes to what it is that the Holy Spirit wants you to do, he will bring people into your life that you get to participate in their lives. And um, I have some great people like you guys and, and others that invite me into the chaos. You don't say, hey, we're going to be, our house is going to be perfect. Our children are going to be perfect. Everything's going to be perfect. And then you can be part of our lives. And I think that that's something that's powerful that, that really reflects the kingdom of God and community. And so the influence that I have oftentimes in scenarios are because I've been invited into that. I've been invited into community. And so uh, that takes not just me, but that takes everybody kind of working together and going, okay, like you don't have it together. I don't have it together. Perfect. We'll not have it together together. Yeah. You know, like it's true though. You know, we, we kind of create this phantom that, you know, we have this, this, this like perfect thing and it's, that's, there is no perfect thing. No. And so I would say, you know, for me, um, just the influence part of it is it's saying yes to whatever it is. Um, so there are kids that live in other parts of Ohio that I've met at camps and, and, you know, and outside of camp even, you know, I, a couple months ago, I had one of the teenagers who's in college now and I met her through Missions Extreme and she was making a major life decision and she was like, I just need somebody to tell me if I'm, she's like, I can talk to my parents, you know, and I can, you know, do all this stuff, but like, I just need somebody to hear if I'm doing this wrong. And, you know, that was powerful because the investment that I made, you know, six, seven, eight years ago into her life now comes to fruition. Um, and so statistically, they say if, you ha if your kids have five reliable adults in their lives, they will uh, follow Jesus for longer. Um, 
in their whole lives and also become more successful adults. And so I think for me that haunts me a little bit because I'm like, I better be one of the five then because I don't want to be, you know, somebody that leads them astray. That's a huge responsibility. Yes. So um, I kind of didn't really answer the question, but that's no, my you answer. Did. You did. And you guys can be that five, one of those five. I need to be one of those five not just for my kids, but for, for Lauren's kids and Deb's grandkids. I mean, I have that weight, that responsibility that I should be one of those five, not just to my offspring, you know? So, um, absolutely. But that's not just preaching at them. They have got to know that you really care and yes. that you really love them You're and right. that you really have their best interests in mind. You're right. Like one of my favorite things to do, and um, Carrie used to sometimes roll her eyes at me kindly, was I would bring surprises with me, you know, like, and they would, like, I love to spoil the children of, that I have influence in, like, you know, just do lots of fun things like that. And so, you know, that buys me relational equity, and I, that's not why I'm doing it. it re I really do just enjoy it, but, you know, that gives you relational equity, too, um, to be able to speak those yes. truths. Yes. So Lauren, my question, or one of my questions for you is because you are in the, the trenches of the preschoolers, though, you know, Cohen is 10, how do, you, how do you make time for God in the midst of the chaos? It doesn't always look like what it used to look like before kids, obviously. I think the picture-perfect ideal quiet time would be like sitting by myself in peace and drinking coffee and yeah. <laughs> and journaling and while sometimes I I get a chance to do that I think right now it's just making time for it and making a priority in whatever context it needs to be so sometimes honestly it's I'm getting ready in the morning and I'm listening to the Bible on audio yeah. to make sure that it's how I start my day even if it doesn't look as picture perfect as I'd want it to. I mean, I think we sometimes want things to look the same way or what we think should be perfect or ideal all the time. Um, and there are seasons in life where that ebbs and flows and it changes. And instead of being overcome with irritation and maybe guilt over, I'm not doing this the way I think it needs to be done. Yes. It's I'm spending time with God, and I'm making that a priority in whatever way it needs to be. Um, and it, John and Charles Wesley, correct? <laughs> um, um, their mother, she had like a million children. I don't know how many kids she had. Like 16? So a little, bit less, a little bit less than a million. So, um, but a little bit less. But she... The, I've, I read it somewhere that when she needed time with God, she would just put her apron over her head. And the kids knew that if mom had her apron over her head, like, you do not mess with her. Don't bug her. Don't say anything. Don't ask for a snack. Even if you're bleeding, leave her alone. <laughs> and so I think sometimes it, there's not a particular time. It's just sometimes you just need to pray and you need to get away and, you know, just... In the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> and it just looks different. And there, I'm sure there will be a season, again, where it can look like my picture of good, quiet time with the Lord. But sometimes it's talking to him in the moment. Mm -hmm. Lord, help me. <laughs> yes. Yes. I totally get that. 
So Deb, you have had a child walk away from the Lord for a season. What would you, how would you encourage maybe a parent here who is going through that right now or a loved one, not necessarily a child, but someone you just keep praying for, what, what would you say to them? Well, first of all, when they become adults, your sphere of influence changes. It doesn't go away, but it changes. Um, you can't ground them. <laughs> you can't even um, say too much to them because you don't want to lose that influence because you can put up a wall and, and then they're gone. You can love them. And I've seen people that kind of try to punish their kids by by not loving them anymore. No, you've got to love them. They're your kids. You've got to love them. Amen. But what comes into play in my mind is the scripture that I read that um, they who trust in the Lord, those trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. And that can be a long month of drought. And what you can do is pray. You pray and you love them. And for those of you who are young adults, your, your mom's heart never changes. She loves you as much now as she did when you were three. It's a different kind of love, but it's still there. And you just have to understand that, that you're hurting, her, you're hurting mama. <laughs> oh. when, you, when you do walk away or when you make knucklehead decisions like you said a couple weeks ago. <laughs> wow. Pray continually. Be joyful. How, like, okay, you talk about praying for your kids, because I, I was talking with Ken about this a couple days ago, or maybe it was Megan, it doesn't matter, and I feel like I'm, I don't do a good job of praying for my kids, because I, I, what do you pray over your children? What would you recommend we pray over our children? What do you pray over your children? My main prayer has always been that they would just experience God, they would love him, and they would follow him and do whatever, whatever it is that... Yes, that he would, yes. Yeah. What that is, that, that's between them and God. How do you pray over your children? I, I pray first and foremost that they would have a personal relationship with the Lord, that it wouldn't have, it wouldn't be, oh, mom and dad... Yes, mom and dad were Christians, and mom and dad did this, but that how we've raised them will hopefully launch them into their own personal relationship with Christ, and that, um, and then I also pray that they will, um, that he will strengthen them to withstand attacks from the enemy, yes. um, that they won't buy into the lies of the enemy about who they are and where their identity is, but that they will remember that their identity is, that they are a creation of God, that they're created in his image, and when they accept him, that they're his children. Um, and then I, I actually have a little, it's a printout that my mom gave me that she used to pray over us, and it's a bunch of circles inside of each other and each circle is a prayer point it's just like a really quick little blurb a prayer point for um praying for your kids and in the center is obviously what i just what we shared and then as it goes out it kind of the next thing of importance and it really helps you because i think as influencers um 
of children as parents, it's overwhelming when you think of the task (laughs) at hand. And it's definitely overwhelming when praying too and knowing what to pray for. And I think God knows that too. And when we're speechless, when we don't have the words to say, just saying that is fine. And he knows that. Um, But when you want to have that specific prayer point, it's neat to have that because in the moment, you're not creative. <laughs> if you're at a loss, if you feel out of control, it's hard to think of think of the words to say. Think of what you need to pray for, what you're asking God for. And so that little paper, it's a practical tool um, okay, that can I have. We, can we get a copy of that? <laughs> yes. I will locate it. You will locate it. I know where it is. And we will put it on the website. Yes. Can we do that? Or yes. Social media, and I will get a copy of it. And I put, I put it again because I won't remember to do it unless it's like yeah. in my face. But I would keep it um, on the windowsill by the sink when I was washing dishes. I would, yeah. yeah, I would pray over those things because otherwise, I'm, it needs to be in my face. <laughs> I think my my prayer right now is especially because I mean Kyle's. Kyle's 16. He's about to he's about to be a junior. So I mean, technically I might only have two more years with him. And that is uh, that has almost like have I done enough? Have I oh, And that's that oh father fill in all the holes. Every hole that I've dug or missed or whatever fill in the holes I don't I, you know <laughs> I um you know there's the verse it, it's famous right where Jesus is on in the gospels and he says to the disciples let the children come to me and don't forbid them um a couple years ago I really started praying that scripture that as a person I would not ever do anything that would forbid a child from coming to Jesus that as a church, we would never allow anything to happen that would forbid a child from coming to Jesus. Yes. And that my role in the community that I am around, like the literal community, that if I can be an instrument of peace and a person that would stop anything that would stop a child from coming to Jesus, that I would, I would be that gatekeeper. And um, so I think that there's something that's interesting that happens when you pray a prayer like that. Your eyes are open to things. Um, your, your eyes are and the Holy Spirit kind of checkmates things. And like, there are times when I'm in the grocery store and I'm like, Oh Jesus, something is not right there. Like it's in my heart. It's in my spirit, you know? And, and I necess- I don't know that I can do anything about it, but in that moment, you know, I can be walking through and be praying and be like, whatever that scenario that I feel in my, in my gut. Right. And so I can be a person of influence in that child's life or that teenager's life or whoever's life without even ever having a conversation. Um, and so that is something that, you know, you could pray as well, regardless of who you are in the room or watching online. Um, that's definitely something you could pray. Um, and I was telling this to Pastor Ken just uh, within the last couple weeks. Judges 2.10, it says a generation grew up that did not know the works of the Lord. There was a generation before that following Joshua, and they all served the Lord for like 110 years, I think is what the verse says in verse 9. And then it goes to verse 10, and it says a generation grew up that did not know the the, the Lord or the works that he did. And then it proceeds to go on about the judgment against the Israelites and things. And that verse haunts me and causes me to pray 
um, in general, but I don't want to participate in a generation not knowing the Lord. Um, and that changes the way that you see the world as well. Yeah. Lauren, what is one, one, what's a good advice somebody gave you? Like when you're pregnant with Cohen or something, or some advice that you would give to a new mom? Um, the greatest piece of advice that someone gave to me was to apologize to my oh. kids. When I have messed up, which, dude, <laughs> happens a lot. Um, when, when I mess up, when I fall short, to apologize. Um, when you mess up in front of them, apologize in front of them. Yes. And, and I think it's hard, you know, it's easy to say that, but when you're in the moment, there's something, it's our human pride, it's our flesh. It's like we will show weakness. Mm -hmm. We will not seem like pillars of the strength. parent that is an authority if we apologize. But something beautiful happens in in that. Um, it's hard to describe, and it's hard to do that, but it's powerful. Yes. And I, I try really hard to do it, and I, I fall short. <laughs> and no. it's like I don't feel like we're going to have this figured out until we're looking back. <laughs> and then we have all the wisdom but that's the best, that's the best piece, all the wisdom. <laughs> but that's the best piece of advice I that was given. great. What about you, Deb? What's some advice? It doesn't even have to be from when they were babies. I mean, what, what's some advice that you would? Well, I actually kind of already asked that question, but no, you can say it again. <laughs> Just enjoy the ride. I mean, I think sometimes we can take it so seriously. We're so afraid if we do one thing wrong, we're going to mar them for life. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> no. They're resilient. I, is, that stuff just flops right off of them. They don't, as a rule, unless you really do something that'll mar them for life. Then you ask forgiveness, and you pray for them and pray for yourself. I think mine would be, so when, when I was pregnant with Kyle, a mom gave me some awesome advice. She was like, what's your favorite thing to drink? And then and I was like, hot chocolate. She's like, okay, once you have that baby, she's like, and you've done everything you can. It's been fed, its diaper's been changed, it's been burped, you know, you've done everything and it's still crying. She was I want you to put the baby in the crib and go as far away in the house as you can and get a drink and get drink your hot chocolate and just be. And Ken and I, we did that in Pittsburgh. So Kyle was upstairs in the second floor and we were in the basement. <laughs> yep. Small amounts of time, but he had everything he needed. I had done everything I needed to do and and that, that was such a, a gift to say, it's okay to let them cry. It's okay to let them fall. And I think that now, no, 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 though, that's good, though. I do, you know, I want their immune system to be good, too. But, um, but now that's, that's, that has been good advice that I still have to take time for me because I can't, if I don't, which is much easier to do now, 
you don't really get to take time for you when they're little. But, but I have to, this has to be okay first and foremost before anything of this can happen. So that, that would be my advice to you, that work on this and then deal with this. Regardless of whether you're a parent or not a parent. Yes, yes. Because you know what? We are the, you are the hands and feet of Jesus. Wherever you work, whatever you do, yes to your children, absolutely. But the people around you, you are the hands and feet of Jesus. So the only, I mean, you need to be good this way to be good this way. So preach it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. What happens if they're not a child? Oh, if they're not, you're, you're still the hands and feet of Jesus. So I think the thing is this. We are responsible uh, spiritually for those that God puts into our lives right now. Yes. And we are not the changer of hearts. No. The Holy Spirit is the changer of people's hearts. And we build in our faithful prayers and the way that this is good here, that's how things change around us. Yes. We don't, we don't get to manipulate or, um, you know, do things a certain way so that people will do a certain thing the way that we want it to. And, and that's just the truth of it. And so for every person in this room and watching online, like, it, it, we don't get to manipulate. We don't get to determine how their life change happens. We get to determine our response to them first. Yes. You know, and our faithfulness to the Lord first. Yeah. So. And you are the hands and feet of Jesus in like, and you do have influence. Like, I want to be an influence in Lauren's kids' lives. And I want you to be an influence in my kids' lives. Like, that's, that's good stuff. One thing before um, Ken comes up, and now it totally left my brain. <laughs> well, it did. If you want to think about it, I can read this verse. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. I'll help you. you. I'm gonna throw you a. I'm gonna throw you a line here. It's still not there. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Well, we'll hope for the best. Uh, so just this week, just reading this uh, in Second Thessalonians 1, 11 and and. 11 and 12, words are hard today, I don't know. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12, it was, this is a verse that I feel like is just a blessing for moms in the room, for people of influence, for all of us really, but um, blessings were important all throughout the Bible. If you want to study something that's interesting, um, study blessings and the way that we bless people and, and words and things. So this is what it says. It says, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our Lord, of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. That's good. What was that? First? Second Thessalonians 1, 11, and 12. Nice. Okay, I did remember it. Okay, the thing that I want you to take away as, as a mom that I've experienced is that I love my kids so much. Like, and you, if you're a parent or even if you're not a parent, you know that. You're like, I, they couldn't, there's nothing. 
Kyle, who's monitoring online, there is nothing you can do that will change how deep my love is for you. There's no bottom. But here's the thing. My love is imperfect. It is definitely flawed. So I want you to think about that in the love that your heavenly father has for you. I see that when I love my kids, I'm like, I hear that, the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, I love you even more. You know? So God, take that away, man. God loves you. There's no bottom. You know? So that's it. Hey, would you clap for these amazing ladies? You guys rock. You rock. We need exit music. Thank you. That was so much fun. Really enjoyed that. And, uh, and I, I, I want to I end with those words that Carrie just said. Uh, maybe you're sitting here and you're, you're feeling pretty proud of yourself because you've been such a good person all of your life. Um, I guess I'll bring you back down to earth and let you know that you're not as good as you think you are. And, and Jesus was constantly speaking to those who were spiritually proud and reminding them that they've broken commandments, maybe not even in the physical realm, but in their heart and in their thinking. But maybe you're in this room and you think of yourself as a pretty bad person. You look around at the people around you and you think, man, I, I don't measure up. I, I can't do this. I'm not spiritual enough. I don't know enough of Bible verses. And I want you to know God loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. God loves you. And his desire for you is that you would know him. His desire for you is that you would be reconciled to him. And he doesn't just say, I love you, because a lot of people in life will say, I love you. But he proved that he loved us in sending Jesus to die on the cross, to take upon himself the punishment that we deserve. And not only that, to uh, experience a resurrection of the dead, that he is proving that he has the power and the authority to do whatever it is in your life that seems like such a huge obstacle. And so I want you to, to leave knowing that, regardless of what place in life you are, mom, dad, uncle, aunt, single, whatever it is, I want you to know that you are so loved by your Heavenly Father. Can I pray over you? Just a prayer of blessing. Uh, Father, I just thank you for every person in this room. You know them. You know the things that they're proud of. You know the deep shame in their life, the things that they keep hidden that they hope that will never be discovered. And God, you love them. You love them no matter what, and your desire is that they would turn to you. Your word says that if we will draw near to you, that you will draw near to us. But we have to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts through the blood of Jesus. And so I pray that we would turn to you, that we would find rescue in you, that we would find hope in you, that we would find forgiveness in you, but we would also find love in you, O oh God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.